As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Rootin' Tootin' Shootin' Magootin'. What's up, dude? Not a whole lot. Eager to talk about Beverly Hills with everybody. And it got me thinking tonight. We went through this episode, and we're going to talk about the full episode, but I want to make a pit stop. Okay. No. Anna Marie has the Diamonds Brunch, whatever you want to call it, the Mother's, the Mother's Day. Day Diamond they brunch. always have that in these shows where you, you know you come in and you get to spend some money on jewelry, but you go to the party and all together. I think we should do something like that, don't you think so? You want to have like a, a shopping like, party? Yeah, but it's like Brav Bros merch. And I think I figured out the best way to do this. You are so confused, but this I'm is lost. great. I think we should do this at a live show. Are you just talking about selling merch? Yeah. Oh, we do that. <laughs> we idiot. I'm trying to cold open into announcing a new show. Oh, you idiot. Oh, I. Yep. That yep. went right over, my head. over his head. Yeah. Too I was thinking maybe Friday, May 3rd. D.C. In the D.C. area. The the what do you call it? The Mid-Atlantic. The Mid-Atlantic. The Potomac, if you will. Oh, yeah, Potomac. Oh, yeah, that show. You call it Potomac. How about that? Yeah, I, look, we don't need to get into that. But, yes, we do have a new live show coming out. As promised, we got multiple dates for all of you, so this is why we told you to pay attention. So let's go through the list real quick. You ready? You want to start chronologically? We got March 6th, Philly. Yep. Oh, fuck. Uh, May 3rd. May 3rd, D.C. It's at the Union. Boston. It's at the Union stage in D.C. Oh, yeah, we got to finish the announcement. Friday, May 3rd, and Boston. Boston. Friday, June 14th at our favorite City Winery. City Winery in Boston. So that's the lineup that we have for y'all. We told you to pay attention. We told you to keep your eyes to the Instagram. You said nose to the grindstone, but yep. And uh, ears to the wind, I believe. ears to the wind, No, I said keep your attention to the wind. (laughs) Yeah, you should pay attention to the wind. That's how tornadoes sneak up on you. Very true. But... We have a lot of live shows coming up, so the links will be in our bio to purchase tickets. Make sure you get them sooner than later because we don't want you to miss out on these shows. Philly, March 6th, City Winery, Union Stage in D.C., May 3rd, and then we've got in June, June 14th, Boston City Winery as well. Yep. And that's a Friday night, and so is D.C. They're both Friday nights, yeah. Yeah, We've moved to Friday nights because we don't want to give anyone any excuse to not go. Yeah, we're tired of people saying, it's a Wednesday. I've got work. Oh, I can't come from the office. I've got to put my kids to bed. come on. (laughs) Let somebody else put your kids to bed. Get a babysitter. Get somebody from off the street. Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do that. No, all right, don't do that. But yeah, those two, the last two, D.C. and Boston, they go on sale today. I know D.C. goes on sale at noon, so if you're a morning listener... Just wait a couple of hours, but you can go ahead and get your tickets around noon. And Boston should be on sale while you're listening to this at that time. Yeah, so go get those tickets and come hang out with your bros, bro. Bros, bro. Yeah, but as Shooter said, it is a Beverly Hills episode today, so it's also a Rose and Thorn episode. So let's dive into a little Rose and Thorn before we kick off this bad boy. I'll start us off, because I found a one that I am confused by. Okay, love that. And... Uh, not, I didn't even take it poorly because it it's so wrong. 
like I just don't think that these people know us or listen to us enough to like gauge us, but I'll let you be the judge. And this comes from Apple. It's a one-star review. It says, I don't know why they watch Bravo when they so clearly hate women. And it goes like this. Tired of them criticizing women for expressing emotion and standing up for themselves. Bravo makes content about women, their lives, and relationships. These guys criticize women for having feelings unless they deem the woman worthy of having them or if they're justified. Emotions in women don't work that way. This is a sports cast about Bravo. Misses the point. They said they are the straight Ben and Ronnie. That couldn't be further from the truth. Those guys are funny and root for women. So I want to break this down. Uh, we don't hate women. I think that's pretty, pretty clear. Pretty clear that we are <laughs> relatively objective about all of these shows. We comment on the men, the women, and all of the drama in between. But what stuck out to me was the they said they're the straight Ben and Ronnie because we've gone over this a few times. <laughs> we never said that. We said people in our comments have said this about us. We are not saying we are the straight Ben and Ronnie, but... You know where that takes me? What? This commenter was definitely a Crappens fan and heard this and went on that Reddit page. Oh, yeah. About us. And then they came to our page to comment. Kind of brought everything together and just yeah. decided to do that on a like, review. I'm going to go ahead that. and leave a one star just to, you know, fire these guys up. But hey, I uh, don't think you're right. And uh, it made me giggle. So thank you. And here's my rose. And it is very pertinent because of our announcement. And this is from MBJ1311. It says, love my bros, five stars. You all are the best. I look forward to listening to the bros every week for all things Bravo. Steel and Shooter are incredible, and I appreciate their perspectives, humor, and ability to make me smile and laugh even when I've had a long day. Please come to D.C. next. We love you. Your we favorite are. teacher, Mary Beth. We'll see you in D.C., Mary Beth. This is the only reason we're going, because of your review. Just because of you. Yep, yep. You did it. No other reason. You are our favorite teacher, and we love you. Honestly, if you look <laughs> back at our poll, we didn't even have D.C. as the four cities listed. No, we didn't. And we're going there for Mary Beth. Yep, because you left this review. We're like, you know what, Mary Beth, our favorite teacher? We're coming to D.C. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Love that. I'm going to start off with my rose, because... I want to keep the good moves. Oh my God, the good good moves, good good emotions going. Good Whatever, moves, good moves, good emotions, good moves. Yeah, uh, this comes from uh, Keisha, housewife fan, of course. Shout out, Dev. Shout out, Dev. It's titled "Newbie." I love you guys. I'm obviously a Bravo fan. I love this podcast so much. You guys actually take the time to recap more than three things per episode. Don't cut each other off and have mutual respect in your opinions. I don't know about Sometimes. that as much, yeah. Usually. Switching over from two T's in a pod for that reason. Hell yeah. That is why I wanted to read that, because <laughs> fuck yeah. Love to hear that. Let's keep doing that. I, all day. All day. Absolutely all day. And my, it's not really a thorn, it's just something that I think is kind of funny. Uh, we had a comment on YouTube over our uh, VPR, uh, over the uh, VPR recap from Your Mama's Mama's Mama, Happy Singles Awareness Day. On Valentine's Day. Oh. Uh, that. Like, okay. Come on, you know? Look. Valentine's Day is already kind of a hallmark it holiday. It is not kind of a hallmark. It is a it hallmark. It is a hallmark holiday. I, I was just treading carefully in case I get to hate because I was hating on Valentine's Day, but whatever. As the single guy, and how do you feel about Valentine's Day? Are you I like, really care. Valentine's Day? No, I just don't yeah, care. It's just whatever. Yeah. So having a happy singles awareness day, those... And look, if it's a reason for you to go hang out with your friends, but when you're all single and you all go out on Valentine's Day together and make a whole day of it, that actually bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, I don't care about the couple pictures and like, oh, I'm so thankful for you. I don't really care for the huge paragraphs that are like, let me try to make this short. And then they have 15 paragraphs about like why they love their wife. It's like, okay, 
Like, you know, you love your wife. Great. That's awesome. Tell her that. Don't put it on Instagram. You're just seeking. Anyway, I have a problem with all the singles going out. Like, whether it's guys or girls going out all together to say, hey, we're all single. We deserve a day, too. No. No. You don't. You don't. That's Every every... day is your day because you're single. It's solo your day. Anyway, so that, yeah, that's one thing I wanted to point out. But not really a thorn. Just something I want to talk about. That's actually an interesting point. And I, look, I get that it could be annoying, that a holiday about love, you know. Yeah, but self-love should happen every day, you know. Wow, way to spin it's it. Healthy. That is healthy. And that's your psychology from Shooter today. Mm-hmm. We ought to. <laughs> and definitely doesn't have a double meaning. <laughs> I think it does. But that takes us on to Beverly Hills. And, you know, we've reached that point in the season. And this is why we've said in the past Beverly Hills tends to run too long. It tends to be too many episodes. This one was a little slower for me. Last week was a little slower. It's just, it hits that point where you kind of run out of shit to talk about, especially when only a few of these women are being forthcoming about shit going on in their lives. It's a fair point. However, next week is the season finale, and we're only at episode 16. So it's really not as long as it usually is. It's not the 23 episodes that we had last year, but it's still, I feel like... I I, I actually disagree. I don't think it's really dragging on. I actually rather enjoyed this episode. Now, from a content perspective, for what we have to talk about... There's not a lot there to talk about because the people on the show aren't expressing their feelings or talking about things that we want to know about. They're just kind of going around and hanging out with each other for the most part and just recapping a trip that we just watched. Right. That when we talked to Zach last week, we noted there was a a lot missing from that because Mm -hmm. there really wasn't anything happening. This is just – it's either a group of women that don't really care for each other, so they're just kind of like platonically walking around a city or – you know, we've already seen everything else and it just kind of keeps building and building and building. But I don't think from an entertainment standpoint, it's that bad. It's like, not, it was well, still fun to watch. It, yeah, it's not like I'm sitting there like wanting to pull my hair out. Like, yeah, it's oh not my the God. OC. It's not. Yeah, I can Potomac. watch it. And like, yeah, I'm entertained. And yes, I love all these ladies for the most part on the screen. So like I'm enjoying watching them. It's more so like, yeah, it's just kind of a ho-hum every day, whatever. And I feel like they're trying to lead to the finale where there's going to be some kind of resolve Amongst the shit that's going on in the group, I think that's what they're attempting to. Yes, yeah. But I don't think that's possible because we know that Anne Marie and Crystal are still feuding to this day. We know that Kyle and Mo are still in the outs. We know that Dorit and PK are still having shit going on in their marriage. So all of the stuff that we kind of highlighted this season, we are very aware that we're not going to bridge this gap. So I think it's an interesting choice by production to frame it like, oh, Anna Marie and Crystal are talking. And we got Mo and Kyle with their scene where they were not connecting whatsoever. And then we got PK and Dorit talking on the phone. And PK, guess what? Still in London. So nothing has changed over the course of 16 episodes. There is no resolve. And I think that they should have leaned more into the chaos versus trying to tie a bow on it neatly. Yeah, I don't really know what they're trying to do. I don't even know if they're trying to tie a bow on anything neatly. I think what we're seeing is just the normal discourse of how these shows or seasons rather go where, yeah, of course we're going to see Anne-Marie and Crystal sit down together and quote unquote apologize to each other and say, you know, they both had said things that they need to take back. I think more so, you know, we get a nice bow on maybe Erica's feelings today. Yeah. That's something to, to speak for. But we know, like you said, in this day and age with social media and I just don't know how they navigate something like this because you can have people sign like an NDA or try to keep it under wraps as much as possible like they did with Salt Lake. But when it comes to people's marriages falling apart, 
everybody knows what's going on. That, and also, when you're dealing with the Beverly Hills cast, like, these are very prominent figures. Like, right. we know these women. These women are, a few of these women are famous beyond Bravo. Exactly. So they're celebrities. They're actual celebrities versus, like, the Bravo celebrity title. Not to knock Bravo lebs, we love you. But these are, like, you know, Kyle Richards is in movies. Erica Jane may not have been as famous without all the shit going on with Tom. I think that kind of launched her to a different level where more people are aware of who she is. Crystal's married to Rob, so like the Lion King aspect of it all, not that that's all she has, I'm just saying like that's pushing her to a different level. When you look at the different women, like yes, they are prominent figures, so you're going to find out about their shit because the paparazzi, and it's also in LA, right? So you're you're going to have more more access to them. It's not Salt Lake where there's no paparazzi. Yeah, I, I think it's more that like, yes, we know where the two marriages that are you know, in turmoil right now on the show are still in turmoil and there's no real clarity as to what exactly is going to happen there. The Crystal and Amory thing, we've been over it for so long and it's Dude. just like if that's all you ha- if that's all you have going on for you right now in the aspect of entertainment value for the show like I, we talked about this with Zach last week. Sutton's the only one who's consistently showing up every week. Mm, yeah, she's going to work. Like she's she's going to work. She's Everything that she's doing is fun. Like, she sits down with Kyle, and we'll we'll get into the episode in a second, and talks to Kyle for a little while. Like, without that scene, we don't get a whole lot from Kyle. Like, yeah, her and Mo talk, but then that's just another awkward conversation. We didn't get anything from that. It's the same as the car ride we saw. It's the same as every conversation. Sutton is having fun. Like, she shows up at the Mother's Day brunch drunk. Barely. She's a little tipsy, lit. but like having a good time. I, yeah, I hate it. She that. does get drunk, yeah, which, which is, is true, which is great. Yeah, and like love that. I get drunk all the time. Well, let's let's say it. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it. We start out with Erica Jane, and she's talking with Dr. Jen and her bounce back and how she's feeling like she's back on her own two feet, which is great to see. She's been through a lot of shit. She had to get a lot of criticism, ourselves included. We were critical of her. And look, she keeps winning in court. It seems like she's getting fully vindicated every step that she takes. So it is nice to see her back on her feet. But she brings up again the fact that she's still upset that she didn't get any apologies. And at least in this moment, I can understand a little bit more of where she's coming from. I don't necessarily agree with it. But it has to do more so with closure. It's not so much just the apology. I think it's just being able to like wrap this up and move past it. Right. And she needs acknowledgement in some way, shape, or form from the group that when this was all going down, nobody had her back, what's the word, uh, unconditionally. Right. Right? It was everyone, even Kyle and Dorit, they still had questions. They were still unsure. So nobody was unconditionally like, hey, you're my friend. I got your back. I believe you no matter what. I don't have any more questions for you. And I would argue that a real friend doesn't do that anyway. A real friend is going to question you and get to the bottom of it and then support you along the way. But regardless, I think that it was more a closure issue than strictly just needing the apology. Yeah, and I'm okay with this because this is a different aspect than we're used to seeing when it comes to Erica because in the past we would have seen her be furious about something like that and not go to a therapist to talk about it but would – Sit down with somebody like Lisa Rinna, who's just going to completely gaslight you the entire time and tell you that you are completely right. And I was the first person to apologize to you. So everybody else should be under scrutiny at this point. And that would just add fuel to the fire when it comes to Erica. Instead, we're seeing her take the productive route and sit down with her therapist to explain her feelings, which I'm okay with. Because you know what? Erica has gained the viewer's trust, I feel like, this season. That's a good way So we haven't been harping on her as we normally would have maybe last year where 
if she showed up in Spain and started talking about all of these things going on and out of like left field, we would have been like, all right, dude, like enough. Like we don't understand this. Now we're giving her a little bit of grace. So her sitting down with her therapist, I think is another step forward yep. because let's face it. Episode one, she didn't even know what empathy was. She no. To have somebody teach that to her. So she's come a long way in 16 episodes. She's come a, a very long way. And I was the one that said, Erica Jane, come back here. You laughed. Are at you going to say it every episode? Every single time. Because I need to take credit where credit's due because you're not giving it to me. No, I'm so gonna... I'm going to announce it. Yes. But no, you're right. Like, you giving is... me credit for Erica and Sutton being friends? I did. I always give Yeah, but they're, they're getting closer and closer every I love year. to see it. We're be besties. That's fine. Live together. Great. Yeah. I have nothing against that friendship. I said I would be shocked to see it. Okay. I didn't. You know what? I'm not doing it. <laughs> Moving on from there, we get Sutton with Santos, and she's riding him for the first time. And I had a, a big problem with this little snarky comment from Kyle, where she's like, has Sutton rode a horse before? She didn't look like erratic on the horse. Like, that's. I have no idea. How you ride a horse. I don't think it was a, I'm walking up and watching her ride a horse and saying, Oh my God, she looks terrible. Has she? That is a what she before? said. She said she looks like she did on the bull at the bar. Oh yeah, fair enough. And I look. It's just I'm still focused on. First off, we got an Avi sighting, which we, we always Avi's fucking love. I love Avi. He's the best. He shows up with those carrots, and Santos just rips one out of the. Basket. I have Avi's that was number. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> Avi was in this episode a lot. I thought Avi we need more, more. Avi. I yeah, agree. He's the best. But yeah, that now that you say it like that, yeah, that is. It's a snarky comment, but that's that's Kyle and Sutton's friendship. But I guess that's that why. I, that's why. It, like, it's not a big deal. It's not a sticking point by no, any means. It's just, just more. I was like, damn it, like just. This is my point with like that relationship, like you just said. Just don't be mean. But we're getting something else out of it because when they sit down and start talking, that was a very personal conversation. It was, it was which a we haven't seen Kyle have that personal of a conversation with anybody else on the show this season. No, but that's also you could argue because Sutton is pushing the narrative and trying to get it out of her, but also connecting with her. Whereas when we see Dorit try to force the conversation, it seems just that it's very right. forced. So. We do get this conversation between the two of them, and Kyle's a little bit more open. And I feel like she wanted to talk about it almost because she brings up therapy to Sutton. Right. Said, Did you guys ever go to therapy in regards to Christian? And she's like, no, we never got to that point because, as we know, like he, <laughs> when they got separated, it's not funny, it's mean, but they got separated and she thought they were going to work it out. And I think like the same day they got separated, she got served papers for the divorce. So yeah. they never got to the therapy part. But then Kyle immediately says, well, Mo and I are in therapy. So to me, that's almost like she's reaching out a little bit. That's yeah. her way of being like, hey, I do want to talk a little. And I don't know if it's because it's getting to the point now where she needs to talk. I don't know if it's because it's later in the season and she knows she has to like talk about this at some point. I'm not sure what the motive I'm is. I'm curious. When the fuck did they pick up cameras? Like, are we? I think all we're oh, gonna right. get this is, is the second. I think all we're gonna get because they did tease that scene where Mo and Kyle sit down with their kids and talk about it. That's gotta and be, and that has to be the very, very, very end of the next episode, which is the finale. And I think that's all we're really gonna get is yeah. just them because when it comes down to something like that, at least for these shows, if we're getting cameras picked up and it doesn't really impact the whole cast. They're not really going to make the whole cast go up and continue to film. Like this whole the brunch thing with at Anna Marie's, that's planned for the season. Yeah, definitely. Next week, Kyle's birthday party, that's planned for that the season. Was, oh, that I guarantee Kyle's birthday was the finale. Steele, I want you to do something for me. All right, shoot. I want you to imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Okay, I'm picturing them. Now imagine that they get softer and softer every time that you wash them. Well, that's just impossible. 
I'm talking about Bowl and Branch. And with Bowl and Branch sheets, you can discover this new level of softness. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. That sounds that sounds delightful. Simply delightful. It truly is delightful. And Bowl and Branch was nice enough to send Steele and I a set of their signature sheets. And let me tell you, they're incredible. They've changed my sleeping experience. They've upped my game. Mm, I've washed them twice, and it's it's comparable to like when you stay in a nice hotel and you get in bed and you're like, ooh, like that buttery feeling, you know? It really is. Honestly, it motivates me to make my bed every morning because I know when I get in bed at night, I'm going to feel soft. I'm going to feel cozy. Mm-hmm. And that's what Bowl and Branch can do for you. And that's what they're here to do for everyone. You too can sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl and Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code BRAVBROS at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B O L L. A-N-D, branch.com, promo code BRAVBROS. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Yes, I did. because up, that's yeah. like the big triumphant, like, oh, we've got Erica coming yeah, out. Yeah, and she's yeah, going to yeah. tease her show. Yep. And this is going to do this and that and whatever. Yeah, so I really do think that the end of next episode is just going to be like the last 15 minutes, just an uncomfortable conversation with Kyle and Mel. That picking up the cameras. That's them picking up the cameras, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that happens every time. But to answer your question, I do think that, yeah, I think she's feeling a little bit of pressure of the show and not talking about what's going on because we get that scene coupled with her and Mo a little bit later. Which is a very different conversation. Which is a very different conversation, but that, that feels forced as well to be in front of the camera. So yeah, I think it's... Yeah, she probably identifies a little bit in Sutton thinking, you've gone through a divorce. They actually What's were, it yeah. like? And they are friends at the end of the day. It's a weird friendship that we always comment on, but they are friends at the end of the day. So I I, I don't want to nitpick it just I'm because not, it, I'm happy that Kyle at least talked to somebody about it. Yeah, I'm, because we haven't gotten anything this season. I'm really, that wasn't me nitpicking. I was, okay. I was curious about the motive, but I was going to follow it up with, Regardless of the motive, it right. was nice to hear an actual conversation because they do draw a lot of parallels to one another. Because when Sutton's talking about it, she's saying a lot of the same things that Kyle. When Kyle's saying, you know, I missed my independence. I missed this. I missed that. Sutton's like, yes, yes, yes. I know that feeling. And she highlights, you know, you guys are both growing. Kyle's going this way. Mo's going this way. The agency is blowing up. He's got almost 500 offices or 500 employees and 100 offices. Oh, yeah, that was it. He's opening up. Yeah. He'll have 100 offices by, like, next week, so I guess he has it now. With 500-plus employees, it's a massive real estate company. They do, like, $40 billion in business every year. So he's doing that. Kyle has gotten back into the movie industry. She's producing. She's acting. She's doing her own thing. And she says, I lost my independence for so long, and that's kind of the theme of this episode between her and Sutton. I guess the theme of the season, honestly. But she lost her independence and is finding her footing again and getting some of that independence back. And I think that it's easy to like misconstrue because she's so like dead set on it. And I think that she gets a bad rap sometimes because of how it was handled via Morgan Wade and the media and all of that. 
But when you peel back the layers of it and look at this from just a marriage standpoint, she was the one making sacrifices for so long for Mo to blow up the agency and get big in his jobs. And she was home with the kids, stepped out on her own career, all of these different things. And I think that Kyle's been tough a lot this season, but I think that it is valid to say in this moment in her life, she's reached a point where she wants to have her own thing. And I think it's sad, but I think it might be true. And they may have just grown in different directions. What they both want may not be the same thing anymore. And I think you couple that with all of these rumors, all of the tension that the cheating rumors have caused over the years, because the way that they interact with one another, it just appears to me that there's more there. And we'll get into that when we talk about the Kyle and Mo scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say it does seem like they've grown more so out of what they want from each other where Mo just wants Kyle to be happy to be home that he's providing and he's out doing all of these things. And that's not what Kyle wants to do. And Kyle wants Mo to maybe cut back on work a little bit and be home more often. And he can't do that. So it's just not feasible for either of them to be in the role that the other one wants. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. Like you can put the cheating rumors and everything else aside because obviously that has a role to play in it. But if we're looking at that in a nutshell, that's really what the relationship is. And I'm sure that's, you know, a lot of marriages go through that. Yeah. And, you know, I guess we'll see what happens on TV. Right. That's And, you know, billionaires. But uh, (laughs) anyway. We move on and we get Garcelle with her boys and they're doing a cyberbullying campaign with like Cyber Smile or something like that. And there's not much here to this scene. All I got to say is this relationship between her and Jade is very interesting. I can't put a finger on it. Like I don't understand it because he pretty much tells her like you have not been a good mom. She's like, you know, I'm I'm trying to do better, give you your freedom. He's like, oh, and you're going to work on, what did she say? She says, I may not be perfect. And he says, oh, so you're going to try to be better? And she's like, well, I don't think I'm that bad. Yeah, he's still, he has this showing of, like, he's the man of the house, and he's an adult at this point. And then every once in a while, in the middle of one of his sentences, him being a 15-year-old pops up. Like, he's yeah. just a disrespectful 15-year-old, which yeah. a lot of teenagers are, and that's how they are to their parents. So he has this semblance of maturity, especially compared to his brother. He's got this huge, like, mature aspect to his personality. And he also has that teenager aspect where he's looking at his mom like, all right, can you finish up talking? Because I'm kind of done with this. Yeah. You just let me go take it. You're going to let me go take an Uber to go hang out with my friends. That's a big step. But I'm not going to identify that as a big step. But I know it's a big step. Like, he's got this, like, inner struggle between them where he's like, I'm a 25-year-old man that can take care of himself. I'm also a 15-year-old that needs his mom. And hates that his mom is always around because I'm a fucking teenager. Like, it's really funny to watch go back and forth. And I know a lot of people don't really enjoy what Garcelle brings, but I feel like this is a very real aspect. And she's still sharing what she's going through with raising kids on her own. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it or not, it's real. It is real. And, and she's it, sharing it, so I appreciate it. It's just funny, like, because when he says stuff like that, and I agree with you, and I think that it's tougher because he's so mature and articulate and, like, comes off so well. That when he says things, I'm like, ooh. Right. And all I want to be is like, look, you little shit. Like, <laughs> stop talking to your mom like that. But, you know, I agree with you. It is nice to see these scenes. I enjoy them. I always do. But we get a really good scene with Sutton and uh, her date, Steve. 
Steve's Steve, back. Steve's back. And did not go karaoke. I was really hoping they would. I was bummed, but uh, we played a little darts, and he made a Burger King joke, which I actually texted Sutton immediately, and I said, you're like Burger King, because <laughs> I just thought that was funny as shit. You're like Burger King. You have it your way. And then he makes a Celine Dion joke. My man is trying, and I appreciate the effort. You know, it's not landing as well as he maybe thought it did, but he's trying. And it's, I like, again, I've seen people say like, oh, what, we're just like, is this like a speed dating show? Like, that's what this has turned into. I enjoy these scenes. Right. I think they're funny. I think they're fun. Like, they're lighthearted. It's not that deep. But you also get to see a Sutton in this whole episode, I think, which I enjoyed. She does seem like she left a lot of her baggage in Spain. She definitely did. And she's having a lot more fun. She's cutting loose. That first date was a little awkward, but I mean, Steve talks the whole time and he, and they go back and forth and that's good for Sutton. I appreciate it. I think that, yeah, he's a little nerdy. He's a little quirky, but what are you going to do? Like this is the people that don't like these scenes. What would you rather watch? Do you want to watch a crumbling marriage and be sad about it? (laughs) Or do you want to watch maybe a happy go lucky couple of 50 year olds go out on a first and second date? I don't think you want to put that poll out there because I'm pretty sure I know which one would win. And it's it's not the happy one. (laughs) Look, look, I want to see the thing is about the crumbling marriage because I do want to see it as well. I need to see some sort of resolution. It's like it's got to end at some point. You can't do this for years. It hasn't, though. I know. It's still going on right now. They're now talking about being able to date while separated. That was today. That would actually make for a good storyline next year, though. Uh, That's a really good storyline for next year. Good storyline. And they're probably going to pick up cameras somewhat soon. Damn We're going to have to see the struggle it brings to the family. And are they okay with this? I mean, we're not going to see Mo and his dates, but they're going to do the thing where they have a snippet from, you know, page six of Mo's out with this person. He's pouring champagne on this girl's yeah. head in Aspen. Like, that's what we're going to see. And we're going to see Kyle's reaction to those things. Like, that's that's going to further the storyline. By the way, when you said pour champagne on her head and uh-huh. Aspen, yep. <laughs> it's like head and yep. oh, Aspen, the place. Yep. Right, right. Aspen. In Aspen, yeah. not and Aspen. Yes. You get it. Uh, yeah, I think so. But this is where we get that Kyle and Mo conversation. And uh it's it's really hard because we don't know the ins and outs. So it's hard for me to really analyze it effectively, only because we don't know. All I can read is body language, and body language is telling me that Kyle wants to be very far away from Mo. And when they're having this conversation, Mo's trying. And that's where I'm like, I want to give him credit for trying to contribute to the conversation, but I don't know if he's done something really dumb. And I should be watching this objectively and not adding that in, but it's impossible to because we've heard the rumors and shit like that. But he says, you know, therapy's like, yeah, it's fun. And I think he's nervous and trying to say like, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying trying to fix this. I want to fix this with you. And he's holding her hand and trying to laugh and make jokes. And someone made a post of like how many times did Kyle get the ick during this scene and it like literally counted it on the screen and you watch her reactions to everything he says and she's not having it. And I thought that Mo actually spoke fairly well and optimistic about the situation and was trying to work with her a little bit. And I feel like she, and maybe it's too little too late. Maybe it's that kind of vibe. I think that's the vibe that I was getting, but also... What are we really comparing it to? Are we comparing it to what we've seen from Mo in the past in this season alone? Yes. Like, yes, he's trying more than he yes, did this season. I am. Yeah, But exactly. there was nothing there. This is just still the bare minimum. And yeah, I do think that a lot of this is too little too late. I didn't get the sense that he was 
trying necessarily to, to oh really the conversation. No, I feel I feel like he was being very happy go lucky about everything. Like he and he's trying. like, oh yeah, this is this is a good time. Like you know, we're we're trying to figure this out. Ha ha ha. And like he's still like laughing about it. Like this isn't like I don't think it was a nervous laugh either. I think he just doesn't take it that seriously. I think that see, I disagree. I think that. And I'm not like defending either of them, honestly. I think that neither of them know how to navigate this. I think that's and I true. I think that that's his his defense mechanism is to try to make light of it. And I think that Kyle's newfound defense mechanism is pulling gross, away. Gross, gross. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I think you're right too. And I think that neither of them know how to navigate this. And here's a really good example of that. While they were talking, and if you've ever gone to therapy, you know this is kind of how it works. They're talking about, oh, you know, like. I, we have to get back into therapy so that I can talk to you about this. That's not really how that's supposed you to work. You're, you now. can talk now. What's stopping you from talking right now? You do not need the mediator. And like for certain things, I get it. I think, hold on. But it does seem like Kyle is talking about like not very serious issues. And she's like, you know, like I've got this thing pop into my head. And I'm like, you know what? I can't wait for therapy again so that I can talk to you about this. Like the whole reason for therapy is to get you guys to open up and communicate. Agreed. And you're not doing that. You're relying on a third person to help you do that, which is okay in the beginning. But, you know, if you've been doing that, you've been married for how fucking long? And this is, like, how you're going about it? Like, that doesn't really add up to me. So that's why I feel like neither of them know how to navigate it. I agree with you. But I do think, and I don't know why I know this. You know that I know random things for some reason. Sure do. And I'm right about them. And I could be wrong. And please, anybody out there, I'm sure that we have a couple of therapists listening. So please correct us. So, because I, I would actually like to know the answer to this. But I think that that's actually advised by the couple's therapist, at least early on, is if you have an issue, don't bring it up in the household. Let's save it for therapy so you have yeah. a mediator. Well, that's what I'm, the early on is subjective because we actually don't know how long they've been. We don't know therapy. how long they've been in therapy. And Kyle sat down when she sat down with Sutton and said, We've been going to therapy. How long have you been going to therapy? It's like we didn't it's get that. New. I would imagine he's it's... also he's been all over the world up until like point. a fucking week ago. So yeah, I imagine that it's relatively new. But again, I don't know. It just they they just seem so disconnected, and they're both. I don't think they're both trying to achieve the same thing. Like there's not don't they don't have the same goal in mind. I think Mo is thinking we need to get back to where we were. Yes, and Kyle is more. I'm my own person, and I'm growing into a different person that I love a lot more. And you need to be able to accept that. And Mo isn't like really looking at it that way. I think that Kyle, and let me know what you think. I love how we're analyzing a scene that nobody got anything. I know, right? But people are listening right now, and they're like, "How the fuck did you get anything from this scene?" Though this is why I like talking to you about it because you get it. You get. You get it. You get it. We're like this, you know? Yeah. ESPN, but uh, I know it's actually ESP before someone makes fun of me. Not you. Someone. Nobody's gonna chime in right now. Somebody's gonna comment. And say, still thinks it's ESPN. They already think I'm dumb because I spelled Premiere wrong unintentionally. <laughs> but regardless, I think that Kyle is, I think she's done. I think she's done and she doesn't want to flat out say it. I think she wants to just create distance, create distance. And when the time is right, finalize the divorce and yeah. move on and move past this. I thought they were going to find their way back. The more I'm seeing in the media recently, I really don't think that's, that's a viable option. Because Not with their kids like growing up and moving out and going to college. I think and, that's the hammer, yeah, like the last nail in the coffin. Is once they're gone, I what's really don't. You together. That's yeah, exactly. So I think that she almost doesn't want to connect here, and that's her right. And like, if she doesn't want to, I think she's more just. And it could be to your point where she's steadfast on this is me now, and you need to change to accept that and 
you know what? She's right because she's made the sacrifices up until now. Right. If she wants to go pursue her shit and needs Mo around more, then Mo needs to be able to do that if he wants to stay in the marriage. Now, if the agency takes priority, which all signs are pointing to it is, then I think that for everybody, children included, because it's so public, you're not really shielding them from shit. They're seeing all of it. Trust me. They're they're looking on Instagram. They're fucking looking at Google. They're doing all that shit. So, like, you're not actually protecting anybody. Now, who the fuck am I to tell these people what to do with their marriage? But at the same time, like, I think that they both know what they want. It, that's the vibe I'm honestly getting. That's what this has all led up to. I think they both know exactly what they want in the future. I think that they're trying to hold on to this either for the kids, for optics, or just because they don't know how the fuck to end it. Yeah, I think it's the last one. I, I think neither of them knows how to end it. Yeah. Neither of them wants to be the one to say flat out. Which is understandable because they, for so long, we like this was the happy couple. We watched these guys because they were fun. They were a good time. So I, you said, who are you to tell people what to do with their marriage? You're a podcaster, buddy. You do whatever you I want. Tell people whatever the you fuck tell I want them what to do. Yeah, no. But we get Anne Marie, and she's having her party, uh, the Diamond Mother's Day party at her house, and we had to bring it up. And she's like, I want to clear the air with Crystal. In my mind, once all that shit happened in Spain and you came to her aid and yep. she even acknowledged you for doing that and said, thank you so much. You guys had a moment after that where you're checking on her. It's been squashed. I agree. You can fucking move on unless you don't want it to be squashed and you want to rehash it. They're cool. You had a sign from God. Yes. And the shit Literally. now. So for the, like, and as soon as she brought it up, I was like, fuck, this is why. Because I was curious. I knew we were going to get it. Because we know they're not cool now. I was curious what was going to lead to the split again after the scene in, in Spain. I was like, oh, they're cool now. Something must have happened again because we know they're not cool today. This seems to be what's going to... I guarantee next episode something's going to happen that stems from this conversation I, somehow. No, I hope it doesn't because I don't care. I don't care either. Like, I really don't, don't care. I don't We've think... got a finale to get through. We have a lot going on that we still need. We need questions answered. This is not one of them. No, really, you know, truly. Like, let them go. Yes, don't care. Especially if Anne-Marie's not even going to come back next year, which we don't know what's going to happen there. I think that... I assume she probably will, but... Bravo's pride and hubris. The hubris of Bravo... Every storyline needs to bring them back. Yeah, they, they can't be wrong. They can't have two one-and-dones in one year. That's ludicrous. Well, the other one-and-done was perfect. The other one-and-done was exceptional. So that doesn't count, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's, that's not a really cool. a one-and-done. No, that's a, that's a sail off into the sunset. Yeah. Yeah, but up next we got PK and Dorit, and this that they are so fucking produced. It drives me crazy. They start the conversation off, I might love you, love you, and then immediately fight because they don't actually like each other. Because no. PK is in London for fucking twelve days, and let it be known in England, Mother's Day is not that big of a thing. Mother's Day is not really a thing How over fucking here. How long you've been living in America, buddy? One. You paying taxes on tea? Two. <laughs> Two. How the fuck are you going to say to the mother of your children that you're not celebrating Mother's Day because you're not my mother? No. It just doesn't make any sense. You could just lean on the fact that you had to travel and be like, yeah, you know, it's it's a really bad time to travel, but I wanted to call you now to wish you happy Mother's Day, and we'll go out to dinner when we get back because I missed it. Like yeah. That's how you navigate that. 
you don't say, well, you know, to be fair, we don't even celebrate Mother's Day. I haven't spoken to my mom in years. Like that's in like, England, we leave the house at ten and don't say anything to our mothers. You don't say that because it's going to make her feel like shit. She's already upset that you're traveling so much. Don't make it worse, you but, idiot. I just the whole thing between these two, man. I can't. Yeah, I don't care. It drives anymore. me crazy. It's clearly not real. It's, like they don't like each other. They don't like each other. But we're also not getting a real reaction from Dorit. Like, no, yes, they ever. are fighting. Yes. But we do not have a scene where Dorit goes and she talks to Kyle about what's going on with PK. Like, the two of them are so afraid to talk to each other about anything real and, like, open up about emotions. It drives me insane. I Like, if Dorit just did one or two scenes where she was open about how she feels about PK and how hard their marriage was, and I'm not talking about the Eagle Woman conversation that we had in the first episode, because that's so long ago now that I don't care about it was anything 10 years ago. On. Just sit down and show some fucking emotion and open up a little bit, and we'll feel bad for you, and we'll be on your side, and we'll say we need Dorit back next year. Dorit's giving us nothing, so I don't care if she comes back next year. I don't really give a shit about PK regardless, so none of this really matters to me. It's just kind of furthering the fucking story, and I just don't care. I agree, and I think that it's funny that you brought up the fact that her and Kyle can't have a real conversation about their emotions and lo and behold, today, they're not really that close right now. Yeah. And you add up all the shit that's happened between them, Morgan Wade, all blah, blah, blah. PK and Mo are probably gallivanting the world together. That's probably where Mo is. He probably left London to have that conversation with Kyle because those two are off doing their thing. Mm-hmm. But whatever. We get to the Mother's Day party. And this is what's funny to me about the jewelry at these parties. No one's buying them. They're like $3.5 million necklaces, $1 million rings. The cheapest thing I saw was $370,000. That was a ring. So they just fly them in so that they can put them on and then take them off. I guess it's cool. Like, is that what you want to do at our shows? Because that's what you said. We should do something like this. And in my head, I'm like, what the hell? We're going to let them try our shit on and tell them to take it off or charge them ludicrous amounts of money? Maybe that part. Okay. We're going to just jack up the prices. Yeah. T-shirt, six hundred dollars. Yeah, it's vintage. It is vintage. Yeah, is we will. We'll, what we'll do is, we, you and I will wear each individual T-shirt, and we'll just put it on real quick, take it back off, and then we'll say that we wore them. Game, game used. Game used. Yeah. <laughs> no, we come out on stage with every single one of the articles of clothing. Like, we look like the kid from uh, Christmas Story. Christmas, I can't we walk put my out. Arms we're just like, down. Oh my god. We'll do that, and then we'll just take them off and give them to people for like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Smells so, like a bra, bro. So bring your money. But that's when Sutton shows up to the party, and she brought a road soda. And look, if you're not driving, Love a roadie. it's legal. Yes, road sodas are great. Okay? Or whatever Anne-Marie called it, a walkie. A walkie, like a roadie. Yeah, she, no. She, it's, she it's, was on the road. It's a roadie or a road soda. I like road soda because it comes out of the mouth well. Roadie is a little easier to say. Regardless, nothing wrong with a road soda. And she gets there. She's not, like, bombed. She's no. a little tipsy, and she gets a little drunk as the day goes on. I did not care. She pre-gamed. What's the fuck's wrong with pre-game? Pre-gaming's the best. Yeah, I did not care for the backlash that she got when she walks in. Garcelle's like, why did you need a roadie? Why did you need a roadie? Because, man, it's a fucking Mother's Day party and she wanted a roadie. The reaction that I liked the most was Erica's. Yeah. Like, oh, let's take advantage of her now. Let's go over and take a look at the jewelry. Yeah. Maybe you'll buy us something. Exactly. That's funny. That's how friends support friends. But, like, this to me was leading or leaking into, like, the early shit in the season where it's like, oh, something an alcoholic. It's like... She's so yeah, but Dorit she's didn't say anything. Here. Like if Dorit had to. if Dorit had said something, she I would have been to annoyed. a confessional and said some shit. I don't give a shit what she does in her confessionals. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm just saying it. It irritated me because she's like, 
it it wasn't like a a sad drunk or anything like like she's finally light she's lighter she's coming in she's like ooh let's have some fun I'm a little tipsy let's get weird today day drinking woo, woo. where are the handrails yeah where's the fucking handrails damn it which that that dapper gentleman helped her up the that stairs. was nice that yeah. was nice but we finally get the conversation between Crystal and Anne Marie. It's very ho-hum. I didn't believe either of them, but it's just more or less let's move on and agree to disagree, to which I must ask. Disagree about what? I don't know, dude. What did they disagree on? The conversation didn't make any sense. It. They agreed that both of them had said things that they wish they hadn't. What do they disagree but about? I don't know what the, dis- the disagreement is about how Crystal feels about Emery's job, I guess. Like, that's, that's, like, that's what I got. I know. Right? I was like, what? Because Crystal said it, and I'm like, that's not an apology. That's a... But she doesn't owe her an apology. No, she doesn't, but that's a... That's not a, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about your job or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, I disagree with what you're talking about with your job, but we'll agree to disagree about that. That's what I mean. But that's my whole point. Like, you should have left yeah. this shit in Spain. You were good. Look, we're no stranger to uh, fake apologies. No. I don't even think that is considered an apology. That That's, wasn't an apology. It's so fake that it's not an apology. It was just an agreement. Yeah. And uh, then they hugged? And then they got out? Like, yeah, what then was they the hug for? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't didn't, know. I didn't like it. But the last scene is Erica finally speaks up. And look, I'm curious what your take on this whole situation is. Like, I didn't mind her speaking up. I think it's kind of silly to assume that everyone's going to apologize to you or that you need an apology from everyone. There were certain people that were gassed up against you. I understand that. But at the same time, I think that it's ironic that Erica wanted everybody to be so objective about her trials and the lawsuits coming at her but she can't be objective about how they were feeling about everything. She can't look at the big situation and the bigger picture and say, oh, I get it. Like, you guys were a little bit wary and hesitant because of all the shit in the media, because of how close I was with Tom, because of the potential implications against me. That's why you guys were a little hesitant to just have my back and support me. That's why some of you had questions for me. Objectively speaking, if you could look at it that way, you would understand a little bit more. Could you still be upset that they didn't unconditionally have your back? Sure. A little bit, but if you can't look at the situation overall as a whole, as you're asking them to do in regards to having your back, that doesn't make sense to me. You can't have it both ways. You need to be able to understand, oh, I get it. Like, yeah, if I was in your shoes, actually, I do believe that Erica would have somebody's back wholeheartedly with zero questions. But to assume that there's not going to be any kind of hesitation from these girls in the group and not understand why, I think is kind of silly. Ah, oh, man. I hate that I'm yeah, in this position. Yeah, you ready position. for that? No, I just hate that I'm in this position. On the couch? I'm I'm happy for Erica. No! I know. <laughs> I Look, this was a much more productive way to do what she's been doing for the last couple mm. of weeks. Absolutely. I'm I happy that she there. sat down. I, yes, w- and we've talked about this a lot, whether anybody really owes her an apology for the way that it was going on. She was going through a lot last year like there was a lot going on that maybe she didn't know how to handle it and maybe this is just because we've seen her sit down with her therapist and actually talk about her emotions here and there which we didn't see ever before so we were just marking it up for oh eric is just an absolute villain she doesn't care about anybody i think it was eating away at her and i think that this is one of those things where she she needs people to kind of have her back i think deep down she understands why they don't have her back but she did sit down and she got emotional and she didn't pull any punches. As soon as Dorit started talking, first off, Kyle sort of had her back, but you know she didn't really speak out. 
Kyle's not really in a bad place with Erica. I think Erica's okay with that. Dorit speaking up and saying, do you believe that like I didn't actually have your back? Her Erica going right back at Dorit, that made me happy. Yeah, with Because that's what Dorit does. She evidence. plays both sides, and she acts like nobody's going to remember the things that she says. You said a lot about Erica last year. You were not on her team last year. Erica called you out immediately. Why do you guys? Why do you think you're not as close anymore? Like that's one of the things. I loved Sutton sitting there putting her hand up right away. Mm. Like there's people here that did not have my back, and they were questioning a lot of the things that I was doing. Sutton, hand up, pointing at herself. Me, 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 over again. That's really I feel like who she actually got a genuine apology from. That was a real was Sutton, apology. which was a really nice moment. It pissed a lot of people off. It definitely pissed a lot of people. Comments off. were hot. Fuck the comments. Whoa, whoa. I didn't fucking comment, buddy. No, 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 I'm talking. I said, "Fuck the comments." Yeah, the the Not you the whoa, whoa. was a little pointed. No, the commenters. They're you, looked at, you looked at me right in the eyes and you said, "Fuck." We you. agree because <laughs> we're in this together. I have opinions. You definitely have opinions. I do about the whole thing. Oh, okay. Well, I don't care about your opinion, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. I thought that was a really nice moment, which we've never gotten before. We don't get an authentic, broken down sad maybe a little happy obviously you know congratulations quote unquote or in order because she won something or rather it went back to the district court instead of whatever this was an actual real moment from her and i feel like this will actually put it to bed because yes i agree everybody got to say their piece you know whether you agree or not Sutton actually apologized and she took ownership of everything that she did erica needed that yeah we can move on i'm happy about that my whole take on it that's all the time we got today Uh I don't think that, you know, I appreciated that Garcelle said I had my opinions. I will not apologize for that, but I didn't want you to fall. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, again, the objective part of it where you can look at it as a whole and be like, look, a lot of shit was going on. It was kind of confusing to navigate. Okay. The Sutton thing. I do believe that she owed her an apology just in regards to she was very outspoken about she must have had a hand in something. I agree. Yeah. And that's kind of fucked up. Looking back, I mean, we were all doing it too. Like it was kind of baffling to think that this amount of money. To be fair, hidden. I'm not too sure that she didn't have a hand in it. But oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> you're on team team Erica one second. Now you're throwing her the uh, bus. Who knows? But regardless, for the people that are like throwing hate at her for apologizing, I don't think that's necessary. Now, was it a necessity for her to apologize? I don't think so. I think that again, when I look at it from an overall standpoint, I think that. Erica should be able to understand why there was no apology. She should be able to understand why they were hesitant only because of the optics as a whole. Now that brings into, again, the argument of they're her friends. They're supposed to be there regardless and trust their friend. I agree. I don't think that these apologies were like mandatory. I do think that they would go a long way. And also because of this newfound Erica Jane that we have, this this Erica Jane that is in touch with her emotions, she brings up a touchy subject for her, doesn't lose her shit. She stays calm and collected. Even when Dorit challenges her, she still remains composed. So yeah, I think that this is a really good way for the friends in the group to show her, hey, we recognize what you've gone through. We recognize the person you are today. I'm sorry that I played a hand in making you feel a certain way a year ago. I think that's totally, totally reasonable. And anybody in the comments that's saying, like, you shouldn't have done that, put yourself in Sutton's shoes. Put yourself in Kyle's shoes. And it's also funny that after Sutton has his heartfelt apology and Kyle's already spoken up, now Kyle speaks up again to apologize. Shocking. But I think the biggest thing is it goes a long way for Erica and for these women in the group that are trying to mend some friendships because this group is in tatters. 
I think that it makes a lot of sense, but I also think that you're seeing friendships as you predicted in episode one, take shape that we wouldn't have predicted previously. And this is going to lead to a very interesting season next year as to where everyone's going to stand with each other. Cause I have no fucking clue. Yeah. I don't. And it's obviously it's going to depend on who's still on the show, which I mean, we haven't even gotten looks for the reunion yet. Nope. We haven't gotten, and the finale is next week. So I get them next week, I guess, but like we've, we got Miami's three weeks ago. And but this is Beverly. Well, they're definitely going to take a pause week before the reunion comes out. Yeah, most likely. Beverly Hills, I feel like, is one of those that does that. Yeah, they'll give Miami that first night. And then um, they'll do a three-parter. Miami's a three-parter. I know. Oh, God. Oh, Buckle up, daddy. I know. Yeah, I, I, we'll see We'll see how it all culminates next week because I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think there's really going to be a conclusion that we're happy with. No, well, we know there's not because uh, everything's actually, still happening no. now. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to be pessimistic. Optimistically speaking, we'll be happy with the fact that they're not going too long. And we talked about this in the beginning of our episode. Okay. You said that it was dragging on a little bit, but if they end it like they're ending it next week, we'll be okay with that because there's not five more episodes of this. I will say that they should only have two parts because of what we know today. There's no need Unless for Moe's going to be at the reunion, they should only do two. I agree. Oh, Moe's going to be at the reunion and give me three. Moe's going to be the third part. It's going to be a sit down with Moe? No, nah, I think Mo. they're just going to bring Moe out in the third part. And that's going to, because the first one's going to be stuff. I don't think We're going to have stuff there. to talk about. Yeah, he will. You think? If not, the fact that they're even still separated and not just straight up divorced is shocking. If he can't show up then to answer for some of the shit from this season as you know, not being at Lorraine's celebration of life amongst other things. And I know that Kyle, after dragging him in the show, then came out and said, it wasn't like that, which makes no sense. That's a good point. I just think there's too many questions for Mo. Yeah. And I think right. that it would go a long way in his well, marriage. We'll, we'll see. We still have one more actual episode and then we'll, we'll get back into, we'll do a little uh, pregame for the reunion. next. Yeah. Week. A little reunion pregame, but let's get to some questions. I'm sure we got a bunch Oh, I'll start it off with a banger from Lem Vibes. What did Steel cook for Valentine's dinner? <laughs> and we need a dev episode. I agree. I did a uh, homemade focaccia with some Iberico prosciutto and some ricotta topped with a little balsamic drizzle. I did a filet and I made a uh, creamed peppercorn sauce with a roasted beet in there to make it pink because it was Valentine's Day. I made other shit too, but I don't want to keep talking. From Deb Milky. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Why is Erica still looking for apologies today? She delayed the earring matter till May. I I don't really think that we can speak on any legal strategies. Just because like that doesn't mean anything to me. Oh, the delayed the earring thing? Yeah, I don't like, I don't Maybe care. the lawyers thought that it would be better to delay it until May. I have no idea Ooh, why. Who, who the fuck knows? Uh and we just did a whole soliloquy on uh on the apologies. On the apologies. The the flat out quick answer is because I think she needs a foreclosure. And to finish it out from Vale, oh, let me do it right. V. Alejandra Deeks, or Valejandra Deeks, one of the two. Or I read it completely wrong. But regardless, shout out to you doing all these Bravo shows. Vanderpump, Southern Charm, and Jersey is all. I think that you wanted to write more. But hey, thanks for the shout out. We do a lot of shows here, and we do it because we love all of you. And if you sure love do. us... You'll go and buy a ticket to one of our many live shows coming up. And a quick reminder, we have March 6th, Philly City Winery. That's a Wednesday night. We have May 3rd, D.C., Union Stage. That's a Friday night. And then we've got Boston City Winery, June 14th, Friday night. 
go get those tickets. Go get them. You got anything else? No, I'm good. Rob Bros are out of here. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.